I don't recognize many of you. <laughs> I haven't seen the bottom of your faces in a year, some of you. I think there's some new people too. This guy, you didn't know you had a goatee. <laughs> and he smiles too. Pete. Um, so Friday, I, I, I had a trip up to Flagstaff, and, and I came down the same day, and it was a red flag uh, warning day. And even walking to my car, which this is saying something, even walking to my car, there were a couple of times that I was almost stopped dead in my tracks because the wind was so, so much, which, you know, it takes a lot to shut this train down. And, but it did. <laughs> It did. So then I, you know, I got in the truck and, and I'm driving back and, and you know what it's like, you know, you know what it's like when that wind is just, just buffeting, you know, the vehicle, you just hear, you know, and, and you're, it's like there's more potholes in the roads because you're, you're being bounced around, buffeted by the wind. And, you know, it's, it's also kind of interesting because you can't see the wind. Right? I mean, you, there's even times when you're driving where maybe you're not seeing the, the wind move the trees, and yet there's this strong, strong wind just, you know, hitting you, hitting your truck and bouncing you around. It has great power, great power indeed. And of course, it can be very dangerous as well, as we know. In the first reading, we're told that, you know, that day of Pentecost that the disciples were there, and there was this loud noise like a driving wind. They didn't say it was the, a driving wind, but it was a noise like a driving wind would make, that whoosh. And then they were overcome by the Holy Spirit. Tongues of flame spread upon each of them, from one to the many. Right? And we, we gain from that imagery, one to the many, that what God is now able to do by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, many things, but one of them is his love can become diffusive, right? That it, it can, like if you take a, you know, some of the flame and, you know, with a taper and then light another, the, it still has the same flame, right? It's not, it retains its, its original sort of uh, manifestation, but that it can be shared, it can be spread. Or like on, uh, at the Easter vigil, when we all, you know, lit our candles from the Easter candle, and outside we, we began, and all of these candles then came into the church as we carried them, that the flame is divided but never reduced. It's diffused. It's it's spread out. So the Holy Spirit, now how is this supposed to work? How do we understand then the Holy Spirit? I remember um, just a few weeks ago at First Communion first and, and Confirmation, um, I know when some of you were old, you remember the bishop would come and question you, you know, we don't do that anymore. So I went out and I thought I'd do it. But instead of questioning the kids, I questioned the parents. And um, the, the looks of terror <laughs> were profound. Because, <laughs> of course, none of the parents wanted to get it wrong. So they just, what do you do when you don't want to get it wrong? 
nothing. You say nothing to Father. Thank you for that. So anyway, who is the Holy Spirit? I, I thought these were easy questions, but um, you know, who is the, well, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Blessed Trinity. And traditionally, we understand that the Holy Spirit is this bond that exists, I mean a person, but this bond that exists between the Father and the Son, namely that for all of eternity, the Father exists and the Son exists. And because they are both perfect, they have all of the perfections you could have, one of which is love. And so they share love perfectly. Well, that perfect love is actually has been as well. It's the Holy Spirit. So from all of eternity, you have the Father and the Son existing in love. Well, that love itself is the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's communicable. You know, the, the Father and the Son can, can share their love with us. And so the, the love that goes forth, the, the love that is sent uh, from heaven to us, the Holy Spirit, is meant to dwell within us, is meant to actually inhabit or habituate our souls so that the divine life then remains in our souls all the time, constantly working on us, constantly changing us, helping us to grow, conforming us more and more to the divine image. That this is what the process of holiness sort of, you know, might be explained as. It's something that God does. It's something we allow, but it's something that God does. One of the interesting things, I was reading this about love uh, yesterday. One of the interesting things about love is you can't just sort of teach love intellectually. You know, if you're teaching your, your children how to love, I mean, you can talk about it being sacrificial, but really you have to show them. As a parent, if you don't model love, they won't really learn love. At best, it's, it's sort of just an intellectual concept or construct. It's, it's theoretical and therefore meaningless. Love that is merely considered but not done is meaningless. Love has to be put into action for it to have any value at all. And as we know, of course, we believe we, that Jesus modeled for us in so many different ways what it meant to love. This is how you love. Let me show you how to love. And then ultimately upon the cross, the greatest act of love we've ever received, the, the most perfect sacrifice that has ever been made, a sacrifice made for us so that we could be free. I mean, this is one of the things we desire most of all in our lives is freedom. You know, anytime that, that we feel like we are limited or in bondage or enslaved in any way, we know that that's a, that's a reality that just can't stand. You know, we, we seek to be truly liberated. And in this life, the, that kind of ultimate liberation can't really take place. But, and it's not even necessarily a physiological liberation, but an interior liberation that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. He sets us free and transforms us. Consider that... Well, let me put it this way. I will assert that in my experience, and maybe it's just who I hang out with, that 
the most judgmental people I know are Christians. The, the people who have the harshest words for others are Christians. The people who tend to be the obstacle for others coming to belief are Christians. I mean, it's just interesting why we as Christians depart so much. We have, we have this need to judge, to be harsh with others. He's not doing it right. He's not doing that right. You know, the priest isn't doing it right. The people aren't doing it right. That guy over there isn't doing it right. I know what's going on in their family or that family, etc. It's amazing how harsh we are, how judgmental. And it's absolutely clear that this is not who Jesus was, ever, ever. And very clearly told us not to be that way. In fact, he was the most upset with people who were. And yet, if you look at, you know, even our, our culture at large, how truly intolerant we are of each other, you know, even just based on like a Democrat-Republican split in a family, how it wrecks havoc in families. Why do we let it happen? It doesn't have to happen. People can disagree and still have unity. I mean, think about just the masks here. I mean, I know you were all in total agreement with me on how to approach it, right? Oh my gosh, no, there's no possible way. However, if we come together for a common goal and a common good, we can sacrifice some of what maybe we believe or would like to do for the good of others. And ultimately, you know, this is what lovingness looks like. Concrete action, sacrificing the self, sacrificing my selfish needs or my goods for the goods of those around us. And so today is called the birthday of the church, Pentecost. And as the church, the people of God, and manifest here at St. Thomas More, what kind of people do we really want to be? I think we want to be people who seek true freedom, true interior freedom. We want to, to be people who are more loving and more, are more understanding and compassionate. But the only way to get there is to do it, not merely to talk about it, but to show one another and to model that love that Jesus modeled for us. Please stand.